Hi, everyone. This is Criterion Channel Surfing, and I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. Just a quick note before we begin today's show. Apologies again for the delay in getting our April episodes edited and out onto your feeds. Crisis communications, work schedules, uh, health issues, and shortened bandwidth for after-hours editing have continued to keep episodes from getting out as frequently as I would like. Like our other episodes that have been produced since the COVID-19 crisis began, the episode you're about to hear is lightly edited. We also had some technical issues with the recording that has caused the audio quality to be a bit lower than I would normally like. We'll be recording our May episode soon, and just to give you all a heads up, it will be a slightly different format than normal. We'll have on a few guests for an informal conversation about the month's new and expiring titles, and we'll release the episode fairly soon after recording so that I can take some time off during the second half of the month from both my day job and the podcast. And uh, once again, I do want to give a quick mention to the Cinema Cocktail Virtual Film Festival, which is going to be running from May 15th to 31st, and we'll be using services like the Criterion Channel, Ovid, Mubi, Shutter, Hulu, Netflix, and more, along with the occasional on-demand title. If anyone would like to join me, the full schedule will be posted shortly, along with links to where you can screen each of the films on my website, cinemacocktail.com. Thanks again for listening. And now, here's the show. You're listening to Criterion Channel Surfing, a podcast dedicated to the films of the Criterion Collection streaming video service, the Criterion Channel. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. In these follow-up episodes, my guests and I offer a few recommendations for films that fit our theme and are available on other streaming services. Robert Taylor, frequent contributor to the Criterion Reflections and Criterion Now podcasts, as well as a screenwriter and critic for the Robert Taylor Odyssey, joins me to continue our attempts to make them laugh with conversations about comedies on other streaming services. Stay with us. If you enjoy Criterion Channel Surfing, Check out Film Baby Film, a podcast hosted by Jonathan James Lobinger. A podcast for people who love movies, or films, if you're being pretentious. Host Jonathan James Lobinger discusses a wide range of film topics with guests who have more interesting perspectives than he does. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Criterion Cast a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com. I'm here once again with Robert Taylor, screenwriter and critic at the Robert Taylor Odyssey. He's also a frequent contributor to the Criterion Reflections and Criterion Now podcasts. Robert, thank you so much for continuing our conversation today. I mean, we had to complete the trilogy. I know this is this is the final the final wrap up portion of it. How will it all end? Hopefully, better than the Godfather Part Three. That is true. Well, for these follow up episodes, we're going to talk about a few films on other streaming services that fit into the month's theme. Robert and I already talked about comedies that are currently streaming on the Criterion Channel, so we're going to talk about a few other films that fit into the theme that are on other streaming services. So to start off with, Robert, I just am curious, what other streaming services do you use? 
all the streaming services. <laughs> I uh, I Netflix, I Hulu, I uh, Crackle every now and then. I uh, have Amazon Prime. I uh, subscribe to CBS All Access, Stars, HBO Go, uh, Showtime. I think that's all. I'm sure I'm forgetting one. What about you? Uh, you know, iHulu and Netflix, those are my, my two big ones that I do. I I do Canopy and Hoopla. Those are my my free uh, library access ones, which uh, surprisingly have some great ones. Uh, you know, then there's Amazon Prime and Ovid, and I'll be uh, trying out Mubi, and there are some other ones. Uh, my wife and I are uh, going to probably be doing the CBS All Access uh, free trial so that we can uh, see how Picard and uh, Discovery are. Picard is wonderful. Yeah, so so we do a few we do a few of those things, and you know, and then obviously some of the the free the free streaming you know things like you know the the normal TV show streaming services that you get just by living in the world just to catch up on stuff. I think we should mention that because of the coronavirus, several streaming services such as Apple Plus and Shutter are making their services free for at least a month, if not yes, more. Yes, yes. So you can go in and check it out. I've never used Shutter before, but I'm thinking I'm probably yeah. going to sign up for it just to see what all the fuss is about, and also because I'm not scared enough already. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the the truth is there are so many incredible services, and, you know, we don't have enough time to watch everything on every service. So, you know, I think that, like a lot of people, I try to rotate in and out of a couple of them and add some of these types of things into a rotation. Criterion Channel is probably the one that is my, my bread and butter. That's the one that I know I'm going to stick with because the content just hits my sweet spot constantly. But uh, there are some like Shudder. I'm, I'm eager to try Shudder because of the, the free trial and just see. I'm not as big into some of the horror films that are on there, but I'm curious. I'm curious to see what there might be. Well, let's, let's talk about some other comedies. And uh, what's the first film that you decided to talk about that is on a different uh, streaming service? Well, both of the films that I've decided to spotlight are available on Amazon Prime. And the first one is possibly the best written comedy of all time. I am, of course, talking about Bringing Up Baby from 1938. The classic, classic, so classic that you have to say it three times, Howard Hawks film starring Katherine Hepburn and Cary Grant. If I had to describe the plot to you, you would say, what the hell? But uh, I assure you that uh, even though it involves big cats uh, and brontosaurus bones and rivers that are much deeper than they appear to be, the film is a classic screwball comedy that, for my money, has the best performance that Katherine Hepburn ever uh, gave. Cary Grant uh, has never been more charming, and hopefully one day we are all going to find the person who will excite us enough to climb up a ladder uh, next to a brontosaurus and swing back and forth in joy. 
The movie is joy to me. It makes me happy every time I see it, every time it's quoted. Just thinking about Cary Grant in the robe will make me laugh. Thinking about the subtle special effects that are much better than they need to be uh, makes me appreciate Hawks' technical prowess. And in general, there's it's as close to a perfect film as I think you're going to find. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that, and I also have to say, I think that this may be my favorite pairing of Hepburn and Grant. I think that yes. they are absolutely brilliant together in this film. And I think that Howard Hawks just knows exactly how to use them. Yeah, I love Q-Core, but Philadelphia Story sort of has aged, whereas bringing a baby somehow has gotten more vital and more uh and even better in modern times yeah yeah it's pretty amazing and i and i i think howard hawks i think most of his films have aged surprisingly well and it's really really yeah it's really pretty incredible you know i think that you know Catherine hepburn and cary grant their chemistry is always really really great but here it's just stellar just everything they do in this film is incredible so yeah i think this is this is one of the early screwball comedies for me that i saw this is one of those films that helped me really get into classic film as well and yeah, I can. I, I totally think that you're right. This is a great, great film, a great recommendation for people. Plus, there's a leopard. What's not to love about a leopard? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this is a this is a really good, uh, good recommendation. Yeah, I agree. And spoiler alert, I also love your first recommendation. So. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Well, uh, my first recommendation is Sorry to Bother You from uh, Boots Riley. 2018 it is streaming on hulu this is one that uh, i caught it was the centerpiece film at the seattle film festival a couple years ago this film is maybe one of the most biting sharp really really difficult satires out there it is off the wall and yet i think that it leads us to the the places that it goes the as it gets more and more absurd i think that it it leads us there just by perfect degrees so that by the time that we get to the ending it all feels completely natural and completely earned and deserved i think that it has so much to say about race it has so much to say about class the film itself feels like a molotov cocktail thrown into the audience it feels like an act of defiance. It feels like an angry, blistering, yet deeply, deeply funny film about capitalism. I think that, uh, you know, what we're seeing right now, uh, some of the, the really terrible things that we're seeing happening across the country due to the current crisis, a lot of it can be traced to our, our economic system and the, the way it has uh, broken down and advantaged some people over others. And I think that this, this film points out a lot of the, the things that we are seeing uh, a lot of the breakdowns in, in our society that we are seeing. And uh, it feels really relevant today, uh, even more relevant than it did two years ago. I think that Boots Riley is a, 
uh, an incredibly unique and uh, just uh, audacious filmmaker. The the film feels very handmade. It feels very raw, and uh, I think that uh, it's just it's one of those films that I uh, was blown away by when I saw it. And the more I see it, the more I just absolutely love it. It was my favorite film uh, the year it was released, and I uh, it, it continues to grow in my estimation. Something so interesting, I think, about both of our first choices is there has never been another film like Sorry to Bother You, and there's never been another film like uh, Bringing Up Baby. And I love that in comedy, you can display your voice so with such certainty as Boots Riley does with Sorry to Bother You. I also want to just say Lakeith Stanfield, in addition to being very pretty, (laughs) is... yeah such a fantastic actor like going from snoop dogg and straight out of compton to knives out to uncut gems and on fx atlanta and now this like the guy can do anything and he is so charismatic and so great to watch in this movie yeah yeah i it is it is honestly a it's a gorgeous gorgeous film plus tessa thompson also is it's a yes, great cast. Yes. It's just such a good cast. And the the white voices are also wonderfully cast as well. Yes. It's it's one that I cannot recommend highly enough for people to check out. Yes, I agree. What is your next next choice? My next choice again is available on Amazon Prime. It is the 1985 classic film Clue. Now, I say classic today, even though when it was first released, it got uh, mediocre to bad reviews, and although it broke even at the box office, it was considered a financial disappointment. But to me, this film is everything fun about everything. There, I probably could quote the film beginning to end. I have seen it that many times. When I taught screenwriting at the New York Film Academy, Woodbury University, and the American Film Institute Conservatory, this is uh, one of the films that I would teach when I am talking about structure, how to set things up, how to mm-hmm. very, very quickly show how to introduce a character and may- have a character make a great first impression. The fact that it was about two decades before everything based on games or action figures and whatnot sort of became part of the zeitgeist. Everyone check out Trolls 2 on whatever streaming service you want, blah, blah, blah. This film did it first. This film did it better. And I love it so much. Perfect cast, perfect ensemble cast. There isn't a bad person in the entire ensemble. Even the lesser-known comedic actors, I'm thinking here of Colleen Camp, who plays uh, the maid, Yvette, or uh, Bill Henderson in the small role of the cop, like, flawlessly done. Now, Miss Scarlet, of course, was my favorite growing up because she was sassy, and I watched the movie, I think, starting when I was five, pretty regularly until today, and... I loved it for many reasons. I loved Agatha Christie stuff growing up, so I love the movie for its whodunit aspect. Now that I am an adult and understand that uh, Miss Scarlet is a madam, for example, now that I understand a lot of the subtext, now that I understand what exactly Mrs. White did to her husband, I found many more reasons to fall in love with the movie. 
but yeah, I think it's it's a fabulous film. It always makes me laugh. The music by John Morris is uh, the perfect example of a film of a score that works both as a parody of mystery scores and as a mystery score itself. So two thumbs way up for Clue. Tell me, are you a fan? I love Clue. Uh, that is a, you know, I'm I'm a theater kid. You know, this this is one of the staples for me as a theater kid who was, you know, in high school in the 90s. You know, I absolutely loved this film and still do. Uh, you know, I, I can still watch it and uh, like you can probably quote it by heart uh, just about. It is, uh, you know, I think I will always love Tim Curry for this film. And, you know, it is... It's a it's a delight from beginning to end, right? Mm-hmm. It has so many quotable lines. It has so much great dialogue. This is this is one of those films that I think the the pacing, the comedy, the timing is all really really sharp. And yeah, I think this is one of the the great cinema comedies that I just I honestly don't think they make comedies like this very often, right? This is this is one like The Princess Bride. There are a handful that were made at this time that have that great comic timing, that great banter, the great dialogue, great performances all around. And uh, I just I think that w- we just don't see this this level of craft put out in comedies uh, as much anymore. And it's beyond me. The director, Jonathan Lynn, he did My Cousin Vinny, which I think is a fine film. But aside from that, nothing in his entire filmography hints at the 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 greatness that this movie achieves. It's yeah. almost a thing where I wonder if the... Uh, I want to give more credit to John Landis, who, of course, co-wrote the script yeah. with him. However, you know what? It's just so good. The other thing that I love about our choices are, and this is the perfect transition into your next one, we both love the movies that the other person picked. It's not a thing where you're out there on your soapbox and I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, I actively love both of the movies you picked. What I ended up choosing is The Farewell directed by Lulu Wang, and uh, it is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. You know, th- this hits for me when I when I talk about comedies that I really enjoy. Uh, I love the, again, that, that kind of bittersweet comedy. This is one that a lot of people may have seen already because it was a, a big a big player on the film festival circuit this year. And, uh, you know, Aquafina got a lot of buzz for her performance and rightfully so, because I do think that this was a great performance by her from someone who is normally thought of as a over the top comedic actress to do something that was so rich and really a, a more internal performance, uh, from her. It's the story of a young woman who uh, travels with her family back to China to visit her grandmother, who uh, looks like she is going to be dying. Uh, no one is telling the grandmother that uh, she is going to be dying, and uh, they instead are going to be throwing a surprise wedding celebration for uh, a cousin to, so that everyone can kind of send grandma off and give grandma one last celebration. It is a 
really interesting look at kind of cultural expectations, the ways in which uh, the Americanized next generation kind of has to confront the the expectations of the the generation that has immigrated uh, and the the generation that stayed behind. The the feeling that you're not quite a part of the 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 culture that your family comes from, uh, that you're not quite able to to find your place. I think this is a really, really uh, a beautiful film. I think that it is very funny at times, but uh, I think it's it's really honest as well. It, it's not a perfect film. I wish that they didn't give us the title cards at the end that spell everything out for us at the end, but I can forgive that because I think that the performances by everyone in the cast are really, really stellar, and I think that Lulu Wang has such a great visual eye throughout the, the course of the film. There are some incredible shots during the wedding celebration that are just rapturous and it's 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 a beautiful film that I uh, would really I would highly recommend people catch. I think that it captures a particular community. It captures a particular slice of the American experience, the immigrant experience here. That I think that uh, it helps us understand each other a little bit more. And I think that as we are in a time where we're we're having to isolate a little bit more. I think it's really important for us to understand each other a little bit more as well. So I think this is a good one. I'm about to curse, so if you're driving with children, just turn down the turn down the volume just a, just a smidgen. You can turn it back up in five seconds. The fact that this movie had zero Oscar nominations is complete bullshit. The fact yeah. that Aquafina was not nominated for Best Actress when four actresses basically didn't deserve their nominations this year is baffling to me the fact that Zhao Shuzhen who played Nene was not nominated for best supporting actress is infuriating and the most angering overlook nomination is Lulu Wong at screenplay it is yeah the fact that she could dilute her own experiences into a beautiful dramedy I because it is even though it is comedy there is a lot of drama to be had is baffling. I listened to the original story on NPR. I loved it. Yeah. And it is one of the best adapted screenplays probably of the past decade. I adored it. I think it's incredible. And the you mentioned her direction earlier. I love the way that she fills the frame yes there's that yes. one sequence that i think everyone loves where uh aquafina is having a very serious conversation with her family while in the background the engaged couple are trying to get their photos taken which is just <laughs> it's a beautiful beautiful way to block the scene and it's it's engaging the film is the other thing that i love about it that you don't see in movies that often is that people eat in the movie and everyone who works in the industry knows that the reason people don't eat often on screen in films is because you have to take sometimes eight nine takes and if you've eaten the dumpling in one take you're about to eat eight dumplings but the movie shows people eating and it reminds you of that camaraderie that you have with your family when you're spending time with them it's it's a pretty close to a masterpiece in my estimation. Yeah, it's a it's a really really gorgeous film, and uh, again, it it hits that that sweet spot for me of being very funny, very funny, but also being really sweet 
and uh, tugs on those heartstrings and uh, stirs up those emotions uh, in some really beautiful and powerful ways. And when you think about comedies from last year, right, uh, and think about which ones are actually going to stand the test of time, what do we got? We got maybe, I would argue, probably Knives Out. Yeah. Maybe Jojo Rabbit. Uh, you know Jojo Rabbit is going to be hipsters for the next two decades. are going to have t-shirts for that. Probably Booksmart. But aside from the, like... The farewell, I feel, is going to only grow in esteem and estimation over the course of the next 25 years because it has a type of humanity that is rare in comedy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad, like you said, that we both really liked all of our choices. So, yeah, this is a this I think I think we have some solid recommendations here. I think that if someone had somehow never seen a comedy film and we recommended these four for starters, it's not a bad way to get into it. <laughs> no, not at all. I think we've got great screwball. We've got some blistering satire. We've got quick-witted dialogue-driven. And then we've got the nice, bittersweet uh, emotional comedy. So, yeah, I think we're, we're covering the gamut here. Yep. Look at us being awesome. I say as I pat as we're such narcissists, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're looking for more comedies to watch, that's four titles to catch this month on other streaming services. Bringing Up Baby by Howard Hawks on Amazon Prime. Sorry to Bother You, directed by Boots Riley on Hulu. Clue, directed by Jonathan Lin on Amazon Prime. And The Farewell, directed by Lulu Wong, also on Amazon Prime. One last time, Robert, while we're in the middle of the crisis, I just want to give people a chance to give a shout out to or to recommend any organizations or services or uh, any groups or things that you think that uh, you would like to encourage people who maybe have the resources or still have jobs or have the ability to support. Uh, if there's anything that you think that people should support, uh, what would you like people to support during this time? So I know that my arch nemesis, William Remmers, would like to give a shout out to his wonderful opera company, the Utopia Opera Company. If you can in any way support William's works of art, I would highly recommend that you do so. Even though he and I, as I said, are arch nemeses, nemesises, nemesi. What do you think, Josh? I think nemesi. We'll go with nemesi as the plural. Nemesi. Nemesi. He could not be a better guy. He could not be more talented. And if there is any way that you can find some money to support the Utopia Opera Company, please, please do. Uh, what about you, Josh? Well, I uh, really, really think that, uh, you know, during this time uh, that, you know, we are being asked to uh, stay home in order to keep everyone safe. Uh, some of the, the organizations, some of the, the places that are most hard hit right now are are theaters. Uh, they're the places that I know for myself, you know, uh, theater is, it's the place that I go to for solace. It's the place that I go to for connection. It's the place that I go to for connection with my faith a lot of the time as well. And I really want to encourage people to support their local theaters. It is how we get the films that we talked about today, right? It is the reason that The Farewell became a hit. It's the reason that Sorry to Bother You became a hit. It's the reason that Bringing Up Baby is able to make the rounds in theaters. It's how restorations get paid for. 
because they know that uh, a restoration can tour these smaller regional art house theaters. So if you have a art house theater in your area, a lot of times those are nonprofits. Please consider donating to those, or you can donate to Criterion's Art House America uh, fund on GoFundMe, where they are uh, helping support those theaters, and they have some really great controls in place to make sure that the money actually goes to support the operations of the theater and not to uh, go out to executive salaries and not to uh, go out to renovations or to buy new equipment, but that it's actually going to go out to make sure that those theaters are able to just reopen their doors once this crisis is over. So I think that's a really great uh, place to go. And then I'm just going to keep saying it, that food pantries are going to be in dire need of our support uh, when this crisis, uh, as this crisis continues. There's a lot of food instability right now. And uh, please, please, if you have the ability, give money to those places. They, uh, their donations are down and their uh, volunteer base is down. And so they are going to need all the support they can have right now. So uh, please go do that. I concur. Well, Robert, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you know, we have been speaking now over the last couple hours or a couple weeks, depending on how you want to look at this as a listener. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me. This has been a lot of fun and a blast. And, uh, you know, as we're all having to isolate, uh, I know that I take uh, consolation and comfort in these conversations we get to have about great film. Uh, so thank you for joining me today. It was absolutely my pleasure, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, where can people find you online? Look me up on Facebook, Instagram, or the Robert Taylor Odyssey.wordpress.com, where I am doing a deep dive into film noir. Now, before I let you go, yes, uh, we have been doing three episodes about comedy, so I figure we might as well leave it in a nice, corny place. So, Josh, what do you call a pig that does karate? Uh, I don't know. What do you call a pig that does karate? A pork chop. Oh, oh, that's painful. That's painful. I know, but I had to. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. <laughs> Take care. You can find Criterion Channel Surfing at CriterionCast.com and our website, CinemaCocktail.com. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for Criterion Channel Surfing. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group or send us a message at CriterionChannelSurfing at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge of the Good Times Great Movies podcast. You can see more of his design work at dpmdesigns.com. Criterion Channel Surfing is a proud member of Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com and support the work of Criterion Cast at patreon.com slash CriterionCast. Criterion Channel Surfing is listener supported, so please consider donating to the show at patreon.com slash Josh Hornbeck. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all regular and bonus episodes of the show. And for $10 a month, you'll have the chance to give my guest and I a film to discuss in a special Patreon-only bonus episode. I'd like to thank our ongoing Patreon supporters. Your support really does mean so much. On the next episode of Criterion Channel Surfing, my guests and I will sit down to discuss May's new and expiring titles. 
I hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com.